We're going to have our scripture reading by Isabel. Please stand as you're able to reverence the reading of God's word. Today's reading is from Psalm chapter 40, verses 9 through 10. I've preached you to the whole congregation. I kept back nothing, God. You know that. I didn't keep the news of your ways a secret. I didn't keep it to myself. I told it all. How dependable you are, how thorough. I didn't hold back pieces of love and truth for myself alone. I told it all. Let the congregation know the whole story. This is the word of the Lord. Oh, good morning, church. Hey, let me pray for us as we, uh, as we continue. Uh, God, I thank you so much for the ways that, you, um, that you've spoken to us already this morning and the ways that you've spoken to us through uh, the younger members of our community. God, you, you are active. You are alive. As the prayers have said, you, there's, there's not a spot where we can look and you're not there. So God, I pray that we would have ears, that we would have eyes to, uh, to see, ears to listen, that, that our hearts would be opened, God, Lord, that we would hear from um, all uh, ways that you are speaking to us this morning, that, um, that you love us, that you care about us, that you invite us into relationship with you. And so God, as we continue to move through the rest of our service, Lord, let us be attuned to the ways uh, that your spirit is at work. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Um, good morning. My name is uh, Matthew. I serve as one of the pastors here at Christ City Church. It's actually really great um, to be with you. I, uh, over the summer, the staff and elders, uh, they uh, were led uh, by uh, the beautiful and gracious leading of the Holy Spirit to give me the opportunity to have a two-month sabbatical. And so for much of July and August, uh, I, was gone, I was gone and I spent a lot of time uh, with my family and with the Lord and out in, in creation. In a couple of weeks, uh, I'll share a little bit more at length about some of the things that the Lord has um, uh, said to me and reminded me of during the sabbatical lessons that, that I learned and things that, uh, that I hope will be both an encouragement to you and then also a, a challenge to you. Um, and again, I just want to express my deep gratitude uh, and, and just thanksgiving to the staff and to the elders who made this season of rest and reflection possible. I thank you. My soul thanks you. My family uh, thanks you. And, and I look forward um, to, in a couple of weeks, showing you the 12,000 photos that I took <laughs> over sabbatical um, so that you can see uh, how thankful I am. Um, there may be something that shows up at some point um, as well. But um, one, of the, um, one of the spiritual and liturgical um, elements that we've been doing this year um, involves the fifth Sundays, as Nikki referenced. Um, uh, each calendar year, there are uh, just a handful, a small handful of um, fifth Sundays. And so nearly a year ago, we were at a planning retreat. The staff was at a planning retreat, and we began asking and praying and say, God, um, is there some way that you'd like for us to strategically use these fifth Sundays in the life of our church that can help us hear you in unique ways? And so in, in the earliest days of the church, even the youngest believers were included in the preaching, in the serving, and in the healing ministries of the church. There's a traditional story uh, from the early church, and the story says that one evening when one of the early church fathers, Origen, uh, in, the early, in the second century of uh, the church, he was teaching the scriptures to the saints that were gathered there, and there was a man that came who was in need of healing. And he was sort of frustrating the, the prayer group uh, with, with his um, shouts and with his tortured behavior. And in response, Origen said, let's actually just send the children out to heal him. 
And so the children went out, they prayed over the man, and he was healed, and the prayer meeting continued. In the early church, they didn't view the young as those to be sequestered or to be protected, but those that were to be discipled and then the div- discipled and deployed for the work of gospel ministry, for preaching, for healing, for liberation. And so it's in that same spirit and that same tradition that we've come to use our fifth Sundays as a regular rhythm practice for us to likewise in our own context to disciple and deploy our young people in ministry in our corporate gatherings. Now this isn't the only place where our young people are commissioned for ministry. They, similar to you, are serving as salt and light in their schools and their neighborhoods and among their families. And we want to, like you, have them serving in this space as well so that we might hear how God is moving in their midst And so that we can hear the good news of Jesus preached to us from the young voices and from younger perspectives. We're in the the smack dab of a sermon series that we've called The Whole Story. It's a series where we've been exploring ways that our stories intersect God's redemption story. We're exploring what it means for us to be testifiers and storytellers to each other and to those around us of God's work in our lives and in the world as we experience it. There's There's a great long Christian tradition of testimony of giving testimony to Jesus' work in the life of a believer. This series has been our attempt to press into that tradition of faith and and to make it our own. In addition to us telling our testimonies, we want to exercise the spiritual muscles uh, that we don't often consider, and that is the spiritual gift of listening. We want to exercise faithful hearing and receiving of testimonies. How do we listen well to the ways that the Spirit might speak to us through the life and voices of others, especially those that are different than us, that have a different experience than us, and that, point, and that have a different point of reference than us? Julian Treasure is an author and a public speaker specializing in sound and communication, and he's given a number of kind of wildly popular TED Talks. One of his TED Talks uh, is actually the sixth most popular TED Talk ever is entitled How to Speak So That Others uh, Want to Listen. It currently has 24.5 million views on YouTube. Interestingly, he has a second one that is called Five Ways to Listen Better that unironically has uh, only 2.5 million views. (laughs) But we want to be faithful givers and receivers of testimonies. And how do we receive them? How do we treasure the stories that folks share with us? Our sermons thus far have focused on testimonies of faith and testimonies of hope. And our small groups have been tracking this same pattern. Within your small groups, you've been giving and receiving stories of hope and of faith uh, with each other. I've heard from many of you, that, uh, from many of the small group leaders, that this practice has actually broke open a vulnerability and connections that the Spirit is using to, vo- to foster authentic community that's centered on the work of God in your midst. So I've, I praise God for that. The, the anchoring passage for us has been out of Psalm 40, which as the message receives, uh, uh, as the message reads, I've preached uh, you uh, to the whole congregation, Lord. I've kept nothing back. God, you, you know that. I didn't keep the news of your ways a secret. I didn't keep them to myself. I I told it all how dependable you are, how thorough. I didn't hold back pieces of love or truth for myself alone. I told it all and let the congregation, from the oldest to the youngest, let the congregation know the whole story. And so this morning and this week in small groups, we want to give space for origin stories We want to talk about the ways that God has used our stories of beginning, stories of how God used our uh, beginnings in our lives to draw us to him, 
or how God has used our origin stories to shape us. There'll be testimonies of how God worked in our lives and helped us overcome aspects of our origin stories. And throughout the Bible, we see stories of God using origins in the lives of people that follow him. Moses' origin as a man born to an oppressed people, yet given access to power and privilege and raised in a cross-cultural context. God uses those origin stories in Moses' life to bring about the exodus of Hebrews from slavery in Egypt. In the New Testament, Paul uses origin stories as both an educated Jew and a Roman citizen to further the message of Jesus. Paul would disciple a young pastor named Timothy, and Timothy pastored the church in Ephesus, a bustling Roman Empire metropolis that was influenced by Greek thought and religion. Timothy, too, was a bicultural kid. His mother was a Jewish convert to Christianity, and his father a non-Jewish Greek man, and the Spirit used Timothy's origin story to be a minister in a city that could resonate with his multicultural beginnings. This morning, we're going to hear from two young men as they share their origin testimonies. Both of these young men came to faith in this church, were baptized in this church, have been discipled here, and they have a word for us. This morning you're going to hear from Arkel Scroggins and from Nathan Watson. If you follow them online, on their Twitch or gaming handles, you may know them better as YN Booman and Nate the Cutie. They're going to come. I want to invite uh, these uh, brothers up. We're going to do it in a, in, a, in a Q&A style where they're able to share portions of their um, testimony and what God is doing in their lives. So, gentlemen, will you join us? Welcome them, please. Do you have the questions, Nate? You texted them to me, but I leave my phone back there because I don't want to be embarrassed up here preaching to somebody call. So now I'm embarrassed because I don't have the thing that you sent them to me. I said 1%. We better move fast then. You're a well-oiled machine here at Christ City, baby. Um, just first question to, to toss it out to you guys. Um, describe what it's like if you're being a young person who follows Jesus. What's, what's special to you about uh, uh, following Jesus as a young man, and then, and then what's a challenge to you? All right, so like he said, I'm Nathan, but like to answer the question, it's special because I know that, always, that God will always be with me. Uh, like no matter what's going on, if I'm at my highest point of the day or the week or the year even, or just my lowest point. I'm feeling really bad. Uh, stuff's not going well for me. But I also know that it's really exciting because you have no idea what's going to come next at the next turn. And you never know what God has in store for you. But it's also quite difficult because, like, the people at my school, they're good people, but not all of them follow Jesus. And it's kind of hard knowing that it's, like, harder for me as a kid to, like, kind of talk to them about it because... Yeah, it's just hard for me. And you also just don't, like, it's also exciting, but you still, it's kind of difficult because you don't know what's going to happen. So, yeah. So. Uh, I think that, like, just me having a God to call my God, you know, is very special to me. And like me said, people, like, 
kids are mean. Like, I try to tell them, you know, God is real. They're like, no, no, no. I'm like, God is real. Like, you got a roof over your head, food in your mouth, clothing on your body. God is real. That's it. That's it. That's it. Um, tell me a, a story about, um, like an origin story from your family, somebody uh, maybe from your past um, that you've been able to draw uh, courage from or encouragement from because of, because of their faith journey, somebody that you, you're able to look back on or look up to. Um, so my grandfather on my mom's side, he is an immigrant from Cuba. He's only 13, 12 years old when he came over. And I, I just think I have no idea what it would be like having to run from your country because there's a dictator and you don't know what's going to happen the very next day. But he tells me, like when I see him in Florida, that God, God is with you. He's like, God's with you, Nate. And no matter what happens, if you have to leave the U.S., God's always going to be there for you. And he's always going to make sure that you are safe. And he's always going to be with you. My mom introduced me to like God and stuff like that. So when I was younger, I didn't know what was really going on. And my mom was like, wake up, we're going to church. And I'm like, oh, again? <laughs> but it's good that you know, I'm introduced to God because he inspires me a lot, wakes me up in the morning, encourages me to do good things and influence other people who really don't know. All right, so I got one more. Um, for my grandma, on my dad's side, uh, she was a teenager mom living in Dallas, Texas at the time, just by herself. And we didn't really like know, or I, didn't, I wasn't alive, but she, <laughs> she was like uncertain what was gonna happen because she was only like 17, 18. And, but she's also an influ influential person in my life and in my faith because she shows me that even in hard times, you can persevere and come out like like, and just live your best life. Um, but yeah, she's an influential person because she, she's independent and she's strong and she teaches me how even when things are tough, you gotta just keep on pushing through and it'll be, like I say, it'll be better on the other side of the rainbow. Um, uh, tell me about a time where God was able to help you um, overcome a challenge, like a challenge that you were facing, and he helped you uh, navigate your way through that challenge. So in high school, I know y'all know high school isn't easy. And like, this was last year. I was doing good in school, kind of. For the most part, I was doing good. Had A's, B's, one little C. <laughs> we'll take it, man. <laughs> hey, but, don't, don't let your mama know this. C's get degrees, baby. <laughs> Somebody got <a> testimony? <laughs> That's it. Keep coming, man. Keep coming. And I was taking geometry, and I really wasn't doing as well as I could have, and I knew I could have done better. And... Over the time, I was, I was falling slowly, and my teacher was telling me, come on, you got this, you can do this. And I, was, I wasn't feeling it. So I had failed for one quarter, and I couldn't fail again. Towards the end of the year, I had to, I had to be consistent, 
and persevering. And I just was praying to God that, like, hopefully I pass this test. Hopefully my grades get up so I can pass the 10th grade. And I was just praying, praying. I put my faith in God. My teacher, my teacher emailed me. She was like, congratulations, you have passed the 10th grade. And I'm like, yeah, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> so just me having faith in God, that's just good. So this challenge isn't really my personal challenge, but it was a challenge for me because I was like feeling a lot of different emotions at the time. But my cousin Jackson, he had cancer in I think his left eye, something like that. And he was only five years old at the time. And I was just super scared because like I loved him a lot. That's like that's my family. And so I I didn't know what was gonna happen. And I was just praying to God. We prayed to God like two weeks that he'd be all right. And then on that last day, my mom got a call from her sister, Jackson's mother, and she was like, Jackson's cured. And we were so happy for him. It was just like, I was feeling so many different emotions. I was like, like happy, sad, like tears of joy. But I was also like, that was you, God. And I know you did that. So, yeah, that's, that's, that's good. Um, so you guys have shared some stories about challenge. Tell me about a time where, um, not challenge, but comfort, where uh, you were some kind of way in some kind of situation, and God just comforted you in that moment, in that time, um, where you weren't sure that, you know, you were going to overcome, or, or maybe the overcoming is still kind of up on the horizon in the future, but that you've sensed God's comfort and his presence with you. Describe a time like that for us. So when I was younger, my mom used to take me to church, and like, I didn't know what was going on, like I said. I just seen my mom stomping the ground, sc screaming hallelujah. But, <laughs> but like, <laughs> he has comforted me. Like, over time, I have read the Bible, simplified versions, and I thank Christ City Church for having Kid City to like introduce me and like help me understand. And like, through hard times, he just comforted me. Cause I know like the community, they are here for me. So I just, I feel comfortable here. So a time that God has comforted me was, I guess, moving to DC. You know, six years ago, it's just like, wow. That's, I, just, I just moved from that place that I, oh, that's the only place I knew. And so when I moved here and came to this church, I was like, dang, it's my family now. Cause like, I love everyone in this room and I love this church. So, yeah, like Kel said, I just feel comfortable here. I've gone through so much at this church, like just Kid City, going through the different levels, 5 to 8, 9 to 12, upcoming Teen City. <laughs> and so, yeah, it's just I've had a lot of happy moments in my life here, some sad, some just like wow moments. But, yeah, I, just, I, I love this church, so this is my family. That's great. Uh, so the last question uh, that we put out there was, um, what would you want to say to the grown folks in the room who may be, you know, unsure where they are with their faith or, you know, are like drawing some courage from you? Like, what would you just want to say to them about faith in Christ and following God? Like, just anything you could say to them. What would you want to say? Old people used to tell me, when the door closed, I never went open. I ain't get that until recently. But now I, I just know, like, don't give up. God got your back. He 
He will always he will always have your back. Just just keep keep yourself in his hands and you good. Yeah. Good. <laughs> uh, so what I'd like to say to the grown people in the room is that God just loves you guys and he's never not going to be there with you. And no matter like what I said, no matter what's going on in your life, ups, downs, like middles, uh, it's always going to be there. And God's love, you're, you're creating his image. Everyone in this room is creating God's image. And just God loves you guys so much. Like you are a part of him and he's never, he's always going to be there for you no matter what. So you mess up at your job or whatever. For me, school, me and Kel, he's, he's just still going to love you. He's, he lo his love is unconditional. So, yeah, that's what I got to say. Oh, and just don't give up in God's love. Yeah, that's also that's what I got to say. That's it. That's it. These are just two of a myriad of voices that we could have invited up here, of, of other young people that bear testimony to God's long-suffering, his, um, his, his presence, his continued pursuit of you. So I, I pray that in what they share that there's something that resonates. Let me pray over you guys, okay? Lord, I thank you uh, for these two young men. I thank you for Arkel and for Nathan. I thank you for the ways that they have, uh, that they've told the testimony, that they've, that they've told the story in the midst of the congregation. God, they didn't hold anything back. They did exactly what the psalmist says to do. They embodied it for us. Lord, let us be receivers of this good word, of this deposit that they have placed in our hearts. Spirit, continue to nurture it and move it by your power and tenderness. Watch over these two young men as they continue to be salt and light in the places in which you've placed them. God, continue to guard their steps and to lead them by your righteous and loving hand. And God, when things get sideways because things happen, God, I pray that, they would, that their testimonies now would be their testimonies always, that you're with them, that you love them, and you don't quit. We pray all that in Jesus' name. Amen.